so mad about how that game went. I, I, we'll get into it. Um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Black and Blue Pod. I'm your host, Matt McLaughlin, joined by Timmy Gorman. Instant reactions to, unfortunately, the perfect run for the Eagles has come to an end. They lost tonight, Monday Night Football, uh, 32 to 21 to the Washington Commanders of all freaking teams. And this is all we're going to be talking about because it's just so upsetting that a team like the Eagles has to lose on a blatant missed face mask call against Dallas Goddard in a key situation, which was nine minutes ago in the game and a force and a fumble stays with Washington because the ref just didn't throw a flag and saw the face mask and it just didn't happen. And then on top of that, with less than two minutes to go, the Eagles come up with a stop and sack Taylor Heineke, but the refs decide to call a roughing the passer on Brandon Graham, who was clearly trying to pull up in that situation and didn't even necessarily make head-to-head contact with Taylor Heineke. So that's what I'm upset about the most. But, Timmy, I, I, what would you think about the game? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place after this. I mean, it's mixed emotions, right? It's like, God damn it, really? Like, but like, I think tomorrow morning a lot, and like as the week goes on, a lot of Eagles fans are going to wake up and be like, all right, well, maybe it's good to just get it over with. Like, I don't think anyone legitimately thought they were going to go and like, you know, if that 07 Patriots team couldn't do the job, like, and that was Tom Brady really at like when he was starting to get to his like height with a re you know rejuvenated Randy Moss a great defense everything one of the probably the best coach to ever coach in the NFL you know Lombardi whatever people want to say I don't you know regardless no Belichick's the greatest coach of all time yeah yeah without a doubt and and it's just you could tell that they were starting to play tight that first half is an abomination it's everything that most Eagles fans with a brain would probably, you know, tell you we were worried about all season. And that's that Sirianni doesn't run enough. He treats Jalen Hurts like it's a, like, like he's his dad and he's coaching his high school football team with the, the dependence he has on him. And I get it, he's our quarterback. You know, you could say that about any of these teams, like the Chiefs, they depend, but they don't depend, they don't do stuff with Patrick Holmes. That Sirianni is so intent on doing like perfect example is those first two drives. The first two drives we scored on, they ran the ball, not a single time in the red zone. And granted, we didn't have a lot of plays in the red zone, but look at what the commanders did that first drive. It was, Ooh, Antonio Gibson gets in there and he, he, he runs the ball for four and a half yards, almost gets in. So what did they do the next play? Boom. Just give it back to Gibson runs it right in They do it again. The next time with, um, Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. And granted, we scored. That's the, that's not the issue, you know. Yeah. But yeah. The, the issue is that people just are know to sell out at that point. They know that there's no way. Like, they didn't even line up with Sanders in the backfield. And, like, everyone's so hell-bent on this theory of, like, oh, the running back doesn't matter more anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. Okay, but look at when you have a good one. Like, could you imagine Nick Chubb with a half-decent quarterback? Oh, my God. The like, running that's an still... offense you don't like touch like the Rams when they had a prime Todd Gurley they were still a really good offense with Jared Goff at QB exactly just, like these people just abandon it and it's like you see it with the Vikings when they actually let Dalvin Cook cook no, no pun intended 
Yeah. And and then like mix it in with like the passes, even though Cousins is so reliant on Jefferson, it's not even funny, but Jefferson's just that good. But you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it makes their offense so much better. And you see the difference there with like the Bills who don't have a running game and it's going to eventually cost you. Like you still need to run the ball. And the Bengals proved that last year. That's how they kept getting. That's how they kept advancing round by round, you know, because they had both a good quarterback and receivers and also a very good running game. You need to play both ways. You need to be able to have a a balanced attack because that's the way football operates and playoff come playoff time. You need to be able to grind the clock out, limit the offense, especially like let's say the Eagles do make to the Super Bowl and they got to go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have to limit the amount of snaps that Patrick Mahomes is on Mm -hmm. the field. And so to limit that, you have to be able to run the ball. Now you could go, if you go the other extreme, you end up in a Baltimore Ravens type situation where the last couple of years, they haven't been able to throw the ball downfield. And so that allows defenders to stack the box and force them to throw the ball downfield, which the last couple of seasons, the Ravens haven't been the best at. So there's pros and cons to each side and finding a balanced attack. I agree is absolutely critical. But for me, the biggest takeaway was how soft football has gotten. It, it it's just, so to me, bad. It, but the officiating I, too, and it's just like how is and you even whoever the rules expert that they have on Monday night. Oh, he even terrible! Said it. He, he, well, no, he even said it. He said for years we've been trying to find a way to make these personal fouls like this matter when it comes to review. He yeah. even came out and said it. He used to be like the head of officiating, whatever his John, whatever his name is. I forget. I don't know. And, I, don't, I don't. But care. you know what I mean. Like yeah. even he stated it. Like. How is that? How is the NFL like? And I and I and I, you know, I think I said this to you tonight, and I've said it to other people. It's like, like in in soccer in Europe and like all the major leagues, they have VAR. Now, trust me, they suck at using it just as much as we. The NFL sucks at using (laughs) challenge. Trust me, but they at least have this this option where they they figured it out where it's like instead of having to always go to the monitor you can have the guy call down and be like, no, that should be a goal or no, that should have been offsides. And, the, and that's, that's kind of been done with the touchdowns now where it's like, no, you don't even know they go check the monitor. Trust me. We just looked at it. It's good. And I don't understand how penalties and especially just like, it's not like you should go back like that, that, uh, that personal foul on, on Chauncey on Gardner Johnson. I'm not saying that should be reviewable unless it's like an ejection or something of that nature. Like a targeting like, or something like right. that. But when it comes to a turnover, I'm sorry, that face mask should 100% come into play. That and I'm has not just to. saying that as, as, as an Eagles fan. I'm saying that because a couple of years ago, the Browns got fucked over in the playoffs when it should have been a personal foul on that Chiefs, like Sorensen or whatever guy. And the fumble happened. Nothing gets called. And the Chiefs get the ball, kill any momentum, and eventually, even though the Browns kept it close, the Chiefs end up winning that game. And now look at like look out Bakers and Carolina. Bakers and Carolina, his career is basically over. You're, they're relying on a fucking serial rapist that to be their hope, and they're wasting one of the best backfield tandems in the last fifteen years and Hunt and Chubb because they'd rather give Deshaun Watson the keys. But that's I digress. But that's what I'm saying. Like how after that play, they didn't make an adjustment. To, you know what I'm saying? No, and, yeah. There's a lot of things like you know, and I think I said my, my biggest my biggest pet peeve of this game is it finally costs you your over reliance on Hertz, not wanting to let Sanders just eat. Even though every time they've let him eat this year, he's been great. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if they just don't want to let him eat because they're afraid that he's going to price him, price himself away from the Eagles and they want to keep him. Or I don't, but I don't, like some people have made that argument. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that Sirianni I, I, doesn't like running backs and he thinks that because he has hurts, you can do it. And granted, Jalen's been great this year. He's an MVP candidate, but you need to let Sanders and, yeah. at times game well and Scott get going. And what happened in the second half when we finally did it, it made the offense that much better. It did for sure. I think what the Eagles are trying, or Sirianni, I guess more so, is I think he's trying to avoid a Derrick Henry situation where you run him into the ground and then maybe he's not ready by playoff time. But they and don't I, even do that. That's the that's the problem, Matt. I could see that. It's like, it's like oh, we're only giving him 15. But like it's like they he had like what three carries that first half? And then so, you look at you look at like you said, perfect example of what you said. If you have to go against the Chiefs or the Ravens, you want to keep Jackson and Mahomes off the field as much possible. That's exactly what the commanders did to us tonight. They said, mm-hmm. we're not going to let Jalen Hurts just beat us. Your defense is going to have to do something. And that's my second pet peeve, is that Gannon, once again, he's, he's gotten lucky this year and he skated by. But once again, just like in week one against the Lions, he made zero fucking adjustments and a running game just carved us up so that every time they got the second down, it was like second and five or second and seven, and then it was third and three, so that even if we stopped them on fourth down, they were going to go for it because it was always fourth and one. And it killed us. They ran the, they, they murdered that clock in the first half. It kept Jalen off the field. It took away our biggest weapon, which has been the second quarter, and Gannon just refused to make any adjustments. He didn't want to put more people in the box. He didn't want to start playing press coverage so those receivers weren't getting separation. He did absolutely nothing, and it killed the defense, and it took away really any chance we ever had of taking a lead back in that game. No, I agree. I, the defense definitely – I think Jonathan Gannon deserves some share of the responsibility here, but I think it's just – I agree with what you said earlier that when we wake up tomorrow and throughout the week, it's like, you know what, maybe this is better in the long run. Maybe it's just like – I think it's one of those nights where – Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have Absolutely. those weeks. And it Absolutely. just sucks that it's that's to a divisional team that, especially Washington fans, suck. Yeah, the, the so fucking much. I hate. I hate coordinators a jackass. Heineke's a fucking choy boy, like frat boy, choy boy, like jerk off, like his celebrating. Like first of all, also with that Brandon Graham thing, Heineke definitely like flopped at the end there. Like Graham didn't hit him that hard. And if you watch it enough, you can see Heineke kind of go, oh, like at the end, and then immediately get up and like flag. And the ref wasn't going to floor. I don't think he was going to throw it until Heineke got up and bitch, and then he threw it. But it's yeah. just like, either way. And to lose a game like that, again, and this is going to go back to the point that I was making earlier, was that this is, a, this is what fans hate about this year's officiating crews. It's just how soft some of these roughing the passer calls have been. How soft some of the the um either the the standards have been for face masks or personal fouls and stuff mm-hmm. like that and like Gardner Johnson's personal foul down the sideline like uh, obviously I can agree that's a personal foul and like that's gonna get called every time I get it's, that but here's here's the issue with that one real quick is that they never explained what if you look at it it was helmet the helmet that's yeah. what it was but everyone thought it was a late hit and they didn't even say personal foul helmet the helmet they just said personal foul because it was like you knew that they thought they wanted to call it a late hit out of bounds. Then I think they realized it wasn't out of bounds, and they were just going to stick to their guns instead of looking stupid. 
and that's inconsistency. That's exactly what you're trying to say. Exactly. Sorry, go. No, but this is just like, but this is what the stuff, and this is more of an overarching macro Mm -hmm. look look at football in general is like, this is what guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and these these hard-nosed dudes are complaining about the current game is that even fucking Tom Brady said it was that the defense pays for the offensive offense's mistakes. He said this early in the offseason, maybe much. in the offseason before. And that's what's driving me nuts as a fan is that like, okay, so basically every quarterback's getting treated like Tom Brady, where if you fart or piss on them, they get called the defense gets called for a 15 yard penalty. And it kills it kills any momentum that the defense has. And this doesn't make a good product. I'm sorry. I do not want the Monday Night Football Rams Chiefs game from a, like a few years ago when it was like 54 to like 48 no, or whatever. And right. I, I just don't want that as a product because that's not what football is about. Football should be about both sides of the ball. And I just really hate that the the inconsistency has led to terrible calls and it's costing teams games. I understand that when the, the Rams Saints missed PI in the NFC championship game, people wanted completely new route reviewable uh, guidelines, I guess. And that led to a whole overcorrection the other way where teams just started chucking it downfield and Field. challenging plays. Joe knowing, Flacco. Joe exactly. Flacco. Knowing that they're going to get the offensive PI call or the defensive PI calls, and then they're going to get the ball at the spot. And so it's just this mind-boggling, numbing thing of like, okay, cool, so we're just going to turn into like the NBA where it's all about offense now and defense doesn't matter. That's not what football's about. That's not why people like football. Right, and that's that's the, the fuck up thing. And the stupid thing is that you wanted to make they wanted to make that change, but they somehow couldn't think about how oh, if there's a turnover and there's a penalty call we missed, that should somehow factor in where we should go be able to call go back and call it. Like what? Like I just don't understand. Like how? Like who are the rules committee and why do they not think of situations like this? This right here should be marked down. Goodell should mark it down, and in the offseason be like, listen, we got to make some sort of change because. And, and, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying it as an Eagles fan being like, we'd still have our perfect season. I'm saying it because it could happen anytime. Yep. Like it did when it really fucked the Browns over a couple of years ago. And there's probably been plenty of other times where that that's happened. And you're going to tell me that that hit on Taylor Heineke is a, is a personal foul, but Juju Smith-Schuster gets absolutely decked on when my opinion was a scumbag hit by Andre Sisco and not a single penalty was called on that. And all everyone wants to say is, oh, well, tell Patrick Mahomes to throw a hospital ball. I'm sorry. I don't think that was that bad of a pass by Mahomes in the first place. And why is that not a personal foul? Everything about what Andre Sisco did there, like launching and leveling Juju, is what they've been telling us is a personal foul. So if that's not a personal foul, then how come that ninny-ass soft shit that was on Heineke – by the way, also, what – they need to be way more clear about what it is when giving up. Because when you slide, I get that. But, like, he didn't, like, go down like this to get in a victory stance deal. No, he was, just kind of got – it was like a half-ass – It was a crouch. Yeah. So how is that giving up? Like, I'm sorry. Like, the play had started. I like, So maybe I just and, don't know that rule. But and, I don't know. And, and Brandy Graham was trying to pull up. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying to pull up and get his hands up so that it's not helmet-to-helmet and it's not a penalty. And, and he was already sliding at that. Like he was sliding to make sure he touched them. 
because if the ref didn't blow the whistle until after what was it Hassan Reddick got there first yeah yeah so he had to touch him and that's what he was trying to do and exactly. then it's just absolutely like, I get it if he went in there and blew him up and was just like boom and just absolutely leveled him but that's not what happened and to let a game be decided on that is absolute fucking horseshit and granted the Eagles did enough dumb things like that ball that Jalen Hurts threw they got picked off never should have been thrown Quez Watkins it's a tough argument because you, you want to say get up and run, but you could tell that he had no idea whether where it was. You could even see him kind of fumbling with the ball. And if that's the case, then just stay the fuck down, Quez. It's a big play already. I get that you want to try yeah. and score your down, but if you don't know if there's a guy behind you and you don't have a clear grip on the ball, then in that case, you just need to stay down and be like, yeah, listen, I, I and explain yourself after the game. Be like, I didn't get up because I didn't want to fumble and cost us. Cost us a chance to score in a touchdown. That's all you got to do. That's fair. I'm going to be more like uh, sympathetic with Quez because I think that's such a bang bang like play. Because when oh, he. Oh, right. Go- I'm not like blaming it on him. Like, yeah. I get that it's a huge bang bang play. I'm just saying, like, in that situation, you got to have to kind of understand. Be aware. Yeah. Be aware of the situation at, at hand and how, like, sometimes going down, like, how many times have we seen. I don't know, like either Carson Wentz. I'm trying to think of another player who would be a better uh, example of this, like guys that are just fighting for extra yards when they don't need to. And then it creates a turnover for no reason. I don't, I can't, oh, I feel like who's Wentz the did, running back that was the king of that and would all like, and then he'd reach out or, or there was a, was a, a quarterback or a running back that was like the absolute king of that. And then they'd reach out and get the ball slapped away for the Eagles. No, just in general. Oh, I'm trying general. to think of who it is that like would like it was just like just go down. I don't. They, I don't. It would, I'm trying to think of that sounds like a Cam Newton to, thing. <laughs> probably, maybe it was Cam. I don't know. But either way, it's just it, it, that's a that's a tough one. But yeah, I mean, this game was lost well before these penalties. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't be the the Commanders cannot have 40 minutes of time in possession. And expect no. to win that game. That is absolutely, I don't care. That's like Chip, the Eagles having less than 20 minutes of offense. That is like Chip Kelly type numbers. And I do not want that for this offense at all. That's not how this offense can should operate moving forward. You grind the ball out with Sanders. You hit some big plays over the top with A.J. Brown. And I don't even mind the the uh, screens from time to time to Devontae or Quez because they have speed to break them. But it's just you, you got to have more balance and, like, give your defense a break. I think that defense yeah. is exhausted, too. That's the problem. And that's where it's Gannon made no adjustments, kept, yep. kept letting the guys sit soft so that every time Washington ran a play, they were getting plenty of separation and, and then just always hitting. Like, how many times did Heineke find someone just over the middle wide open or try to throw a pass over the middle? Not to mention, did they not watch the tape last week? Troy Eggman even pointed out, he goes, he's small. The Vikings batted down numerous balls last week. At no point did you ever see every time he went to throw, why did none of our guys – because we have some linemen that are fucking big. They're, yeah. they're, they're big dudes. Why is Milton Williams or Hargrave or Cox not just going like this or Josh Sweat or anybody trying to – what's the worst that can happen? If you're not getting to him, then throw your hands up to try and bat something down. Like That's what people used to do to, do to Drew Brees all the time. But like you said, and, and so it's like it's half on, in my opinion, it's half on Gannon for making zero adjustments, for not stuffing the box and making Taylor Heineke beat you with his arm. Because if you you should have enough faith in our secondary that they can cover these receivers with Heineke at quarterback, yeah. that you should be able to bring enough pressure 
and also stack the box so they can't keep running on first and second down every goddamn play. So it's third and three or third and five so they can convert every single time. And then, like we already said, the offensive play call, like you, your defense got stuck out there on back-to-back or, or three different times in the first half on 10-plus play, play drives of over 65 or 70 yards. And the first, the, the first time his answer or is to, to that, fir- that first one they ran was he did like a hurry-up offense and it didn't give them enough break. Then they came back and ran another one. So then it was 14-10. And then he goes, boom, three and, and out. Or no, no, not three and out. But then, the, then the, the, instead of running the ball, he throws it four times. And then the fifth one's an interception. And then they, they, they do the, the – so at Washington did the same thing. So at that point, that's three straight drives. Your defense tired because you don't want to run the ball yourself. And now you're going into half and with a deficit because Joey fucking Sly is having a game of his life, that's even a, though next that, week he's going to miss like six PATs and, and, and three field goals and get cut. But, you know. That shit makes no sense to me how he was hitting. He was hitting like Vinatieri slash Steven Goskowski level field goals. And I was like, okay, this just makes no sense. This dude's been on what, like four teams since last year? Like. He's been on the Panthers, I think the 49ers or Cardinals at one point, and now the Commanders and at least maybe one more team because he can't make an extra point, but he's drilling 55 yarders with bad snaps. I don't I don't get it. It's but, just like the, that's when you know the sports gods had it in for us tonight. Yeah, seriously, right? Um, but I think we've covered our frustration at this point, but now moving forward, the Eagles go to Indianapolis on the 20th. And then they come back the following week to host Green Bay and then Tennessee. So those next three games, Indianapolis, as much as people want to like rail on Indianapolis for hiring Jeff Saturday and he's a football guy. He is a football guy. I really like Jeff Saturday as a, as a, as a human. I think he is like a, a culture guy. I never think it's a bad idea for a locker room culture to hire an offensive lineman because I've never really heard of people hating offensive linemen as teammates. Um, so, and they've got some juice, after, especially after beating the Raiders. Matt Ryan gets back under center. Um, and so Indianapolis, I don't think, is a team that you can necessarily sleep on. Jonathan Taylor looks like at least he showed flashes last week that he's kind of back to the Jonathan Taylor from last season. So, and then with Green Bay, this the overtime went against the Cowboys. That could just be the one spark that they needed to get going and rip off three, four straight victories. So, I don't think it's panic time yet because that's way too overkill. That's way too, like, Philly talk show host. Like, we're just grasping for segments uh, talk. Obviously, the Eagles are still the best team in the NFC. I don't think that, that ch- this game changes that. But I think this could be better in the long run. I think we were texting about this. This could be better in the long run that they finally have the pressure of an undefeated season off of them. And Mm -hmm. they can be honest with themselves and they come back down to earth and say, okay, let's back to square one. Where do we fuck up? Where can we improve? What do we do well? Hertz had that deep ball to Watkins. That's a good glimpse because – they were still capable of hitting big plays. They just weren't necessarily taking advantage of those opportunities. Now, I hope they go into this next week against the Colts and say, let's run the fucking ball. Let's give our defense a break and really utilize Miles Sanders to the best of our abilities or Boston Scott or Gainwell, whoever's in there. 
So I still think that the Eagles still win these next couple of games. That Tennessee game is going to be tough, but I don't think the Colts will still necessarily pose that much of an issue. And I think that the Packers, they got a great win against the Cowboys, but I still don't think that they have the talent to match the Eagles. And I, I just don't think that a performance like tonight will repeat itself in a few weeks. Here's my biggest issue. If we just let Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, no matter how good they might be or become, especially Robinson when he's fully healed after what happened to him in the offseason, yeah. if we just let the, them and the commanders rip us apart on the ground and zero adjustments were made, there's clearly a game plan now, and it's out there for teams to see. And our next three opponents are Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones slash A.J. Dillon, and the rushing god of the last three years in Derrick Henry. So if Gannon doesn't get his head out of his ass and realize he needs to make some adjustments and let Matt Ryan, a down-on-his-luck Aaron Rodgers, and a shitty fucking Ryan Tannehill be the ones that beat you, then we could easily lose two of these next three. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm just saying, if yeah. we just got gashed by the commanders like that, Imagine what happens when you go against three premier running backs. I just think after a gashing like that, when Robinson and Gibson combined for what, 40 carries and 130 yards, something like that, that the Eagles will allow that to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that's, that's what you would hope. But that yeah. is proven to be incompetent time and time again. Like, anybody, any normal defense, like Jack Del Rio saw what was wrong the commanders and how they were getting absolutely hammered and that's how they got the one and five so he re reversed it said this is what we're going to do now we're going to change how we do schemes we're going to change how we stop the run and we're going to do every go against every principle that i've ever taught my whole life as a defensive coordinator head coach and look at them now they've won five in a row or three and four in a row whatever now it's four you know in what a row, I mean? I think. four in a row yeah. right yeah yeah so yeah. but gannon can't even like look at a game and see, oh man, I might need to support my D line. All right. Like, so someone better be there to wake him up and be like, listen, if we just got gashed by these guys and you have a murderer's row of top tier NFL running backs coming up in the next three games, you better a way to fix this. Well, there, there is some hope, right? Because after that lions, uh, when they let up 35 points on the ground, the defense was firing on all cylinders right after that, for the most part, up until this week, right? And I think that this is just a week that I'm going to take the more positive spin and say that this was just a week that things didn't go right. Yes, Gannon did not make adjustments. I will admit that. But it'll be a humbling loss, and I think they'll make the right adjustments. And also, maybe Jordan Davis's absence is gonna be is gonna be larger. No, hopefully, than when we... we get him back, it'll be big. Yeah, this will help the run. But it's you can't just rely on Jordan Davis. And this is where we like the linebacker position is starting because T.J. Edwards is so fucking bad. If I have to watch him miss one more assignment or one more tackle or shoot the wrong fucking gap and watch a running back run around him outside for an extra seven yards, like I'm gonna lose my absolute mind like I, where is the kobe dean like why is he not Special in teams. any of these packages there's gotta be he's gotta be missing something and like picking up the scheme or something like 
I think if I'm he was sorry, but at this point, I would rather have the Colorado kid out there than TJ Edwards. Who, Davion Taylor? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know where he's been. I think that practice squad after they cut him. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah, he, he's he on, still was. Yeah, he's still in the practice squad. Last time I checked, but with the Kobe Dean. Yeah, I mean, they got to really consider playing him at some point. I think they really have to because I don't know, unless it's health, like there's got to be some, because it was yeah, like, unless what? he's not fully recovered or something. But if, if he wasn't fully healthy, would they really send him out on special teams? Like that's where I'm kind of getting confused. And this is all speculation, obviously, but it's something to consider moving forward. I mean, right now, over these next three games, I still think they win two out of three. I think they still win the Packers. And I think they still win the Colts. I, that Tennessee game scares me the most. Yeah, I'm not trying to say like the sky is falling and it's over. It's over. No, it's over. no, yeah, I'm I know, I know you're not. Like, yeah, there's a possibility there if Gannon doesn't fucking fix this shit real quick. Like, we got Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, who, regardless of how bad Green Bay's been this year, he's been a stud, and I can he's tell you that phenomenal. because he's been on my fantasy team and he's been <laughs> one of the few positive, you know providers to my team and and then derrick henry like these 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 guys are the best of the best in the nfl and the only thing missing from that picture is christian mccaffrey at this point so like they need to get it like he better figure it out yeah sirianni better have a long talk with him about figuring out because i still have yet to be very convinced because there's a lot of games where a the offense is let up way too much and like in the second half and like, like that Vikings game, like, cause even then, like, yeah, we picked off Kirk cousins a couple of times, but it was a lot of Ben don't break shit. It was, and, it was. And you know, there's been more games where it's been Ben don't break than a dominant performance. Like, yeah. Like that first game against Washington, they were in the backfield the whole time. How come they weren't to today? I don't get that. I'm sorry. That offensive line can't just magically become that bunch better over overnight. No, but I think it was what we were talking about with fatigue and time of possession and stuff like that. I just don't think that they had the energy to consistently. But even before that, I feel like they were getting there. But no, I agree. That definitely contributes to it. And that's what I'm saying. Why was he not stuffing the box with linebackers to help on the run or bringing a blitzer or doing something like just nothing? He made zero goddamn adjustments. And even on the, the play where we got the pick, that was pure luck. That was just Heineke being Heineke. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if you blitz him more often, he's going to do dumb shit like that. He's a yeah. backup quarterback for a reason. Like, he went to Old Dominion. He, he, it's not like he's, like, lit Alabama to the national championships. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think they went two out of the next three. What do you think over this, these next three games? I... I would like to see them just recover completely and win the next three and wrap this up. Oh, I don't want to have to sweat it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like we shouldn't have to sweat out the Vikings. Like they're, I'm sorry, but in my opinion, they're just not that good of a team. And now we need of all people, the cowgirls to do us a favor next week, because <laughs> if we lose, who says the Vikings are ever going to lose again? And there goes home field advantage. Yeah. I didn't even think about home field advantage, but I don't, I gotta look at the Vikings schedule because they do they it's, still it's soft. I mean, they don't they got Green Bay again, I think at home though. Then they got the Lions and the Bears. So at some they point. have Cowboys, they host the Patriots, host the Jets. So they have three straight home games. Go to Detroit. Oh, Jesus, this is a soft schedule. 
Mm-hmm. People were complaining about the Eagles' schedule. They can shut the fuck up, okay? Minnesota has a way softer schedule. Um, yeah, because at least the, our whole division is good. Their division sucks. Yeah, and I'm, I like the Jets' like team. Like I like the swag of the Jets, but I come on now, like no, my what we have to hope for is that Belichick just can make Cousins look like a doo doo head, like he he knows how to, and that, that their defense. But Mac Jones has been so bad that. Who knows what they're going to do on that offense, but maybe you can just run on the Vikings and that's the way to beat them. No, definitely. And defensively, that Vikings team, I don't think they hold up in a playoff situation. Like they're not, that team isn't that good. It is, it is a lot of, it is a like, it's, it's, first of all, it's the Rams offense for last year. So even though they have Davin Cook, they still don't run the ball great. It's just that Davin Cook's so good, he bails out how bad of the play calling could be. Like, I don't think O'Connell is that good of a coach too. I think he makes some boneheaded calls. Yeah. But I think that's part of the learning, the coaching like process and figuring Plus it's out- Kirk cousins, man, get prime yeah. time, Kurt, you know, it's going to happen. I just, yeah, but Justin still, Jefferson, like, the way every- that they were celebrating that today, that that's still going to like that two hill loser. Like, what do you have? Like you played five fucking career games, you dork. And you're trying to do a gritty on the Eagles home field. Oh. Like, like, uh, like good on the Eagles players for not just going up and wrecking him, but like, because I definitely would have, like, if I was a player, would have got suspended real easily for going over and just starting a melee somehow. But like, <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, all right, you're like, if you're like, that was the clinch of division and home field advantage, I get it. That's one thing. But this, this win just brings you back to 500. Like, shut the no, fuck it up. doesn't even bring them back to 500. Oh, they're only, still five they and six. And five. Okay, okay. That brings no, them up to five four, and they six. There were four and five, so I think they're five and five now. All right. Mm, I'm gonna double check or, that. Or maybe they were three and five. So oh no, no, five. no. You're right. They're they're up to five and five now. Okay, they are up to five hundred. Okay, never mind. I was wrong there. But yeah, uh going back to the Vikings. Every time I see Justin Jefferson make a play, my heart just aches and when a tear gets shed. And it, as much as it sucks, like it worked out for the better, I think, because we get Justin Jefferson, we don't get Devontae Smith, and then maybe we don't get AJ Brown and stuff like that. Right. Um, so there's that. But and I like AJ Brown and you know, and that's the other thing. Like I get that he looked he maybe he was hurt and they're not saying it, but where the fuck was he all game? He was hurt. He was definitely hurt, and they just weren't like letting it on. Like I would he's definitely got something, whether it's like shoulders, I he's gotta have some type of nagging injury, like a groin or a hamstring, like yeah, I want to know why he came up limping. Whether it was like something with a quad or uh, like, like a, a hamstring or like a you know any like a um yeah Blue. no a hamstring thing yeah I'm trying to think of like um calf thank you God why can I not think of the word it's a late night which uh, means we should probably wrap this up so. Uh, that does it for all of us here at the Black and Blue Pod. We will have a World Cup preview. We will be covering soccer on this podcast. Uh, much to Seven Timmy, days. much oh, to, less than that now. Less than that now. Uh, much to Timmy, Timmy's delight. And uh, dude, that Black every time that Black Friday match with England gets closer and closer, I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And I normally don't get excited about soccer. I'm pumped. I'm wearing my one team is not disappointing me. Five points at the five points clear <laughs> at the top in the break. Arsenal. Uh, go Gunners. Um, all right, so that does it for all of us here at the Black and Blue Pod. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. That is the best way to support us, please. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Go, birds forever and always.